0: Eighteen
4: plus. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from the Fans First Sports Network Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. Presenting to you another Las Vegas Raiders coach or player press conference. We are there. We are absolutely locked in, and we are part of the Las Vegas Raiders, not the organization, but we're connected to it because we are beat writers who cover it every single day. Thank you for joining us. We're so proud to be part of the Fans First Sports Network. Let's get right into this great press conference so that you can stay as connected as we are. Morning, Coach. What a <laughs> morning, Mike.
3: Well, hey, how are you, Uh Doing good.
2: Um, just, uh, now that everything the best has kind of settled a little bit, of, of at least, um, what the feedback has been with Mark Davis and the conversations with Mark Davis, and what the timeline for you is now?
3: Yeah, I mean, the feedback is after every game. Obviously, as you guys know, yeah. we have a good, long conversation. Um, and it's about the game, about various um, decisions and things that took place in the game. Um, to answer your question about the time frame, it's just a process go through it. Um, I guess I'll be informed as it comes up.
4: APA, just a systematic question. For you now, do you put a plan together so that when you meet with them you can say, here's what I think about coaching, personnel, all that? Have you already done that? Or is, where are you in that plenary process? Yeah, I mean, to
3: be honest, you know, had nine games, and I was truly focused on nine games and mm-hmm. winning as many as we could, and uh, put ourselves in the best position. Um, prior to the last couple of days, started to put pen to paper a little bit and brainstorm. Um, we got you know exit interviews, physicals, got to meet with the staff, and then you know if you have this opportunity or myself, excuse me, uh, to then you know work on that. But you know the focus is taking care of this 23, 24 season, putting a bow on it, and then I can you know, get ahead on myself.
0: You mentioned last night after the, uh, the game about having the resources, the legends in the locker room.
3: What did that mean to have that opportunity, especially to the players' faces when they saw those guys in there? No, it was cool. Like and I, again, I know we mentioned it in one of our team meetings, and then obviously when I saw C. Wood and Marcus Allen and Plunkett in the background, I'm like all right, here we go, fellas, bring them up. And I mean that's that's something special. I hope those guys really understand what it means to be uh, surrounded in the presence of those individuals who have done it who've put on a uniform, who've played at a high level, performed, they're winners, and more importantly, they've done well post-football as you watch them. And I think it's just great when you have those kind of examples uh, around you, especially to fill that environment. And it was good for those players, you know, for those guys that's been here and done it, to see what we're building and what we're doing here as well. And a quick follow-up to that (coughs) question you were just asked. A lot of those guys
4: are advocating now for you to get the job. And for an organization that... Once a Raider, always a Raider, alumni, players, voices. What does that mean to you that the greats are now saying, hey, this is our guy?
3: Yeah, I'll go back to my statement a few weeks ago. Like, you know, my on the grass. It's being um, out there every day that either I'm in front of you gentlemen uh, and ladies to the grass, to the practice field, to the meetings, to the building. I mean, I'm being evaluated each and every day, and they know what it looks like. They've had some really, really good coaches in their career. They know what it sounds like, looks like, if it's real, if it's fake, if it's just a momentary deal. Um, so to have their blessings and, and backing is, is obviously a simple.
4: Those blessings all say you deserve the job, and for your players and the former players alike, you're a confident guy. Do um, you deserve the job?
3: Uh, I would never use the word deserve. Hopefully, I've earned it. Reserve long history of penalties in this organization. How did you and your staff kind of turn that around this year? That's that's, that's it right there. That's the one I wanted somebody to ask me about. When you look at the Raiders and you talk about the Raiders, it's penalties, it's it's ejections, it's rules being changed because of how you played here as a Raider organization. And I think what we did was really take pride in the, the individual periods and practices, techniques, fundamentals really harped on that all the way to our last practice on that Friday where we were still working on individuals and just the technique of how to play each and every position and that's something I really told our staff, our players, that I, I wanted to make sure we hit that goal because that's huge, you know, to be the number one team in the National Football League with the least, the least penalized team, not beating ourselves. That happened, you know, a few weeks ago when we played the Colts, the Raiders beat the Raiders. But when we play a clean game, don't turn over the football as well. And play the game the way it's supposed to be played, and you can look down there and say, "Wow, that that was a football game," and that's how you play it. That's that's a credit to our staff and our and our players are really buying it and understanding what it takes to win.
2: Okay. I know this is your heart is here, uh, but you've also put yourself probably on some other teams' radars.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, you anticipate talking to anybody else at all? That's up to my agent. I mean, you, got, you pay people to do that, right? I'm, I'm a Raider. I'm a Raider. I'm not a Raider anymore, right? But I still got it in my blood, so we're good. Coach, this was obviously, again, we mentioned last year, last week, an interesting season. But here you come to the end. Have you had an opportunity to take a look at what the players have said about you away from you? And if so, what does that mean to you from, you know, they've asked them, obviously, does he deserve the, the coaching job? But most importantly, what has he brought to the team? And, you know, they've all said Amazing. Well, I think the good part, since you know, I joined the staff and the organization on February 15th, that um, mm-hmm. I've had great relationships with the players and people in the building, that those conversations have been had throughout this time. And not as a head coach or interim head coach, but even when I was a linebacker coach. And I I think I really know where everybody stands in this building. I don't need to express it. They've expressed it. It's, you know, that's up to them. Uh, they know where I want to be. Hopefully they've seen the hard work and the, the effort <clears> that I put in to try to make this the best organization they can be in the National Football League and put in the best product out there on the field. And, and that's my goal. and That's one thing I can worry about. Everybody's going to have an opinion. Everybody's going to write a story today. Uh, I can just control what AP controls. And that's uh, being the best interim head coach I can be until otherwise. You, were, you said something I thought was important yesterday. You're not just a raw rock, rock guy. You know football.
2: Um, how important is that to be displayed or, or just for, for, for people to understand that point?
3: Well, I think it's displayed back to the previous question. You talk about penalties, you talk about turnovers, style <clears the throat> of play, the way we change as far as how we play, our execution, personnel groupings, um, decision-making. All that stuff is a work in progress. I mean, there's going to be one winner at the end of the season and all the rest of us we be lost. Um, the funny part about when people say, you know, you're not an X and O guy, well I'm like, well, how have I been in the league this long? How did I play this long? How, how did I get this opportunity? My job is not to call ex That's why you hire coordinators, offense, defense, and special teams. My job is to put the plan together to get us into the best position to win games and put the best personnel out there, best 11, best call. And that, that's been my role and that's my job. I and mean, that's the changes that I've become the coordinator. But right now you have a really good defensive coordinator, Patrick Brown, Did an outstanding job this year. You know, nobody talks enough. I don't believe about what we've done defensively and the buy-in, right? This was probably a group last year that we didn't buy into. I just right, talk about that part. And you see the development of a lot of young players on our defensive side of the ball play really well. Second-year players, rookies, undrafted guys, next man up mentality. That's a credit. You know, special team, same thing with Tom McMahon. What he's been able to do with those guys. And then you gotta give credit to both. You know? has it been what we always wanted it? No. Is everybody happy? No, I get it. But he took on something that was very difficult, uh, where maybe didn't have as much say as previous. Um, coach of staff allowed, but he took on a rookie quarterback who, at the end of the season, was playing really, really good football. And that winning, that, that rookie quarterback had a winning record. That does. Yesterday, you were talking about how, oh, you, how much you pride yourself on you know doing things a little different, and you know it might not be the conventional way of doing things, but you're going to get the job done. How much do you believe that your team has you know looked to you and pride themselves on you doing things the unconventional way? Well, to me, it's not just unconventional; it's the right way, and it's our way. I don't know. Every team is different. Every player is different, every coaching staff is different, so you, you do what works. and These guys, know. you guys know what our schedule is. it changes. It's kind of like the weather, you know, whatever, whatever works and what's going to be right, that's what we're going to do. This we're going to do what's right. And I understand that football is done this way, everybody interviews this way, they present this way, and they talk that way, and they look this way, or look a certain way, but there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. And I think what we've proven here is that you can be yourself. You can, you can do things a certain way, and it can work. You don't have to be the cookie cutter. And I'm not going to be. If I'm standing there, I'm not. that's not going to be me. And I don't want our players or our staff to be like that. That's what brings the building to life. That's what allows us to come to work today, every day with a smile and, and ready to work. Coach, uh, you mentioned you know, your rookie quarterback, Aiden, played really well down the stretch. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions in those last four games. Do you think he showed enough that he, he could be a successful starter in this league? Well, I think he already has. I mean, there's been a lot of quarterback changes in the National Football League. <laughs> guys, <and> some, te- <laughs> some teams are on their third and fourth quarterback. And I think for Aiden, what you've seen is as a, as, a, as a kid, be very poised, more vocal. I thought last night was huge. He had a little injury there, a little something going on with his hand. Fall through it for an entire drive. Try to come back out and do it. Okay, maybe he can't go. We make a decision to take him back in the locker room. And he comes back out and he looks him dead in the He's like, I'm ready. Okay, you got to tell me you have to Go ahead and go out there. That confidence that you got to have as a coach to look in your player's eyes and know that, like, he's really ready and not just saying it because that's the cool thing to do, um, That that's special. I, I like what Aiden has done as far as how he carries himself on and off the field and in his building. Um, I get he's a rookie. He's a little bit older. He carries himself like a pro. Jimmy and Brian have done a really good job of mentoring him as well. I don't think enough credit is going to those two gentlemen of what they've been able to do, especially Jimmy with his professionalism. Um and the way he stepped in last night, regardless if it was pretty, ugly or good. Um, but Aiden has really done a good job of putting himself in a position going forward to be in consideration to be a starting quarterback in national football. Jermaine <laughs> Jermaine Alumar said last night that you get the best out of everybody. He told me walk around this locker room, ask every player maybe he's got the best out of all of us. How did you do that? You gotta know abundance of push, right? You gotta know people to to do that, right? You can't just go in there and just say, hey, I need you to be physical there, block. I mean what, you gotta know what makes that guy tick. And that takes time. I was fortunate when I was a linebacker coach, I had a little bit more time than I have now to walk around and make those and build those relationships and just talk about non-football things that, you know, that motivate players um, to watch them and really just really you know, dissect what makes them click and what gets them going. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just an act that you have. I don't think everybody has that, but I do think that's something I, I do on you know, my tricks.
4: When you were a leader with the Giants, you used to tell the young players, don't worry about being liked, worry about being respected. And last night in the locker room, your players weren't talking about cigars and rah-rah. They were talking about character, integrity. What does that mean to you as a man that you've got those type of words to describe you by your players?
3: I think it's it's uh, it's interesting because when you look at the person, you probably think otherwise. Um, but when you get to the root and the substance, that's what I'm made of, and that's my beliefs. Uh, Fortunate to have a grandmother and mother who raised me right, taught me how to do things the right way, not just on the football field, but in life. And I think it's, it's my job, and my job is to serve those guys and make them understand what it's like to be a professional football player, a husband, a father, a good man, a good person in the community. All that stuff that's put me in the position I'm at today, I just give them my life lessons. And, uh, it doesn't work for everybody, it's not everybody's different, they don't all come from the same walks of life, but I think we all understand. Uh, what it's like to carry those traits. Those traits can go into any building, any workplace, any 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 facet of our life. Josh Jacobs I mean? said Josh say he wants to come back. If you return, how much would you like to make that happen? I told you, when I got here at the beginning of the year, he's the heartbeat of this team, heart and soul of this team. I mean, our personality and the way we play and our style of play matches with Josh Jacobs. So, you know, obviously those conversations will come up as we go forward. But um, it was a pleasure to work with Josh. Uh, I hope things work out. Um, that's going to be something we have to discuss further. AP, I you know you said you're used to this, or you're comfortable in this role of sort of being the CEO type, not not having a hand in calling offensive plays or defensive plays. But you were a defensive coordinator your last year at Arizona State, and that was something that you were involved in. Was it a journey for you as, as a coach to kind of get comfortable in that, you know, delegating to assistants around you and trusting to others to do a job that maybe you could do yourself? Yeah, I think that's a good point there. Uh, that that was my role, and that's something that I've done at various locations, but. You know, there's nothing like calling defense. Don't get that wrong. I, I, you know, getting after people, and I've been fortunate to be coached by some really good defensive coordinators, and and want to study and, and learn and put my own little twist on it. But when you delegate, delegate to your assistants and allow them to uh, have a say or put input, that makes you a better coordinator, and that's no different as a head coach. And that's what I think is given me the opportunity to be in the position I am today is because of our assistant coaches, them being the best version of themselves. Um, Understanding and taking input and listening. I think the one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is becoming a better listener and I think that's uh, obviously a, That's a facet and, 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 a, and a Trait that I don't think a lot of people really do everybody wants to talk everybody has the answers right, Sometimes you just need to listen You brought in Marvin Lewis and Tom Coughlin and others here when you got the interns since Have you haven't gone through the formal NFL head coach interviewing process, how much are you going to lean on them and others and pick their brain before you do sit down with Martinez? Yeah, those are two good gentlemen, right? Almost 40-plus years of head coaching experience. Um, And that process already started. It started from day one. To be honest, it started when I was 22, 23 with Marvin, and 25, 26 with Coach Coffin. I mean, they both can tell you. I sat in their offices and picked their brains of why we would do certain things and, that carried over you know, even when I got into high school coaching, college coaching, and obviously here's the pros. Um, but you know, they'll have a huge impact on me, of course, along with others. Um, but at the end of the day, AP's got to represent AP. You know, i got to represent myself when I speak for Mr. Davis and give him my vision, my ideas, um, what I see that we can do going forward in the future to be a successful organization for years to come. How much did those guys help you, though, down the stretch, just getting more comfortable in the role and just...
0: Knowing that what you were seeing was what you were seeing—that's
3: really the key, right there. Like, just ask them. Like, is, did I just see that? Is that? Does that sound right? Does that look right? You know, is this? And again, there, there's not a lot of major tweaks. At the end of the day, you, when you're in a when you're in a fire, like in the middle of the season, I mean, you're not doing wholesale changes or making a thousand adjustments. But it's just kind of checks and balances, right? Everybody needs checks and balances. I mean, did you guys write an article, somebody checks. what you write for most of us, right? So it's no different than the coach. And now there's some really good ones in, in Look at you. Know, let's talk about like Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. They've done it for a long time. I'm sure they don't have to worry about that as much. But every young coach, I think, you need that. There's no reason not to have that, especially when you have that resource right next to you.
2: You mentioned when you're 22 years old, having conversations with those guys. Was that in a quest to get better? I'm sure, obviously, it was as a player. But in the back of your mind, were you ever thinking that you know you're you're taking notes for something beyond the playing career?
3: Yeah, I, I just wanted as much information as possible. You know, there's certain people that you can you can take a lot of information and you can receive a lot of information. And for me, I can. You know, you can give me a lot, and I'll departmentalize each and every day that I get and put it where it needs to be and store it for later. But for me, I wanted to know everything about football to be make me the best football player at the time. And then obviously, I knew I always wanted to be a part of football. You know, if it was either talking about it like I did at ESPN or coaching like I am doing now. So, um, to me, knowledge is power. You know, having you know, wisdom and and ideas and, and being around successful people is something that you know, I really enjoy. Let's do, two, let's do just a couple more. We'll go Hondo, Alan, and then Paul in the
4: back. Thank you. Uh, when Champ sat down with Mark when he decided to make changes, you were the guy that Champ wanted as the head coach. I'm just curious what it meant to you. I mean, you guys knew each other. You were friends, but not even as close as you are today. What did that mean to you that when he got his opportunity, you were the guy he
3: wanted? You know, I knew I couldn't screw it up, <laughs> but uh, no, it meant it meant um, it means a lot, you know, because there's a lot of people in this building that's probably that de- was probably deserving of it. You mm-hmm. know, Patrick Graham is one of them. Um, Avery Bennett could have been another one. You know, names of the guys that's been there and been in the league and been successful. Um, but obviously, I, like I told you guys from the very beginning, I took it uh, to heart. I took it serious. Uh, I poured everything I had into the last nine to ten weeks to try to prove him right. Prove Mr. Davis right, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Coach, um, from a team marketing standpoint, if you do get the job, is there some way to bottle that Raider scream you do and, like, use it as a, <laughs> like during strategic times on the Jumbotron or something? Or yeah, that would be kind of cool. I just got to save my voice because you hear yeah, I'm mean, right, course horse right, you know, right. like rasping that and the cigars there. But, man, um, I mean, I, listen, when I was a young kid and a fan, obviously, of the Raiders, I mean, I love hearing that sound, you know. And I think right now, that was the last question. No, one more. I'll come right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to have something real. I, I <laughs> think I know where this is going.
0: Into. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, talk, I talked to, to Mark Davis last night, and he
4: said that he was excited about the job you had done, that you know, when he initially elevated you to the interim position, that he didn't necessarily want you to coach as much as lead. So when I asked him,
0: well, did he do that? And he said, without a doubt. So when he says those things in the wake of what happened last
3: night, how does that make you feel? How do you compartmentalize those feelings and realize, you know what, the job's still not done? Yeah, still not until it's final, right? So we put pen to and paper. And, and listen, that's kind of the question that I was asking, asked to me last night about X and O's. Like, that wasn't what I was asked to do. Right. Even though I'm, I'm still coaching the backers, I'm still with the defense, I'm here with the O-line and running backs. Maybe nobody sees that, but that's, I do, I do sit up on my desk all day. But at the end of the day, like I said, when you're in that position, when it changed so suddenly, there was no need for me to try to act like I could do everything at one time. I put one hat on, and that was a hat of coaching, getting this team right, getting the mindset right, getting our building together, getting us to buy in chemistry, accountability, pride, poise, passion, all the stuff that you hear me talk about each and every game. And that's not going to change. And I think you saw last night finally a body of work all come together in one night in front of our, our fan base at home. That was really a Raider game. That was a Raider game. That was a Raider home game for the first time since I've been here. That was a Raider home game. And our players played to that. We talked about that. That's how we create that environment. So everything that Mark asked me to do, I tried to do my best to accomplish that. You know, we came up short with the playoffs. But I think what you saw was a team that was very competitive each and every week. Um, total buy-in, total team. We took out the I and the me. Talked about us and we, and team, and, and that was yeah, good to see. And that's what that was last night. People think we smoke cigars because we're celebrating victory. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. You know? It's not about the one game against the Giants. It's not about beating the Broncos. It's about that's what the team decided to do together. And I think when you see it from the outside, it can come off a lot of different ways. But what this team has shown is that they're together, they're one. They finished, and what we wanted to do was have one last impression. So today and right now, because this is our last time together, we're going to have our one last impression. All right, so I'm going to say, you guys stay with me now. (laughs) I got you. All right, here we go.